now. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of the Mindful CEO. Yes, I'm back with uh, Aaron Hendon. Hello, Aaron. What's up? I love it how we're always laughing when you come on. So it's like they missed the joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's good. I think yeah. it's a good bit. It's a good Where brand. were you, people? You should have been here. We have fun all the time before recording, during oh, recording. Oh, that's what that's what that message is. We, we just have fun, fun all the time. All the time. My yeah, girl. this is uh, this. I'm ju- I'm uh, this is a juicy one today. I'm I'm excited. Well, we were talking. You know, sort of going back to that conversation we were having. Yeah. Whenever we were having it about that tension between mindful and CEO, and yeah. Uh, yeah. been playing with, you know, the utility of mindfulness, which is the same tension, right? Like there's that. You know, mm, sure. What am I going to use this for? Yeah. You know, what am I going to use? What can I produce with how's, it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, how's it going to produce better results for yeah, me? Right. And uh, hmm. I mean, on one hand, that's an absurd question. It's it's anti mindful to you know. It's just <laughs> it's striving is built in. Yes. To the question, and uh, and yet there's a utility to mindfulness. There's no yes. doubt. You know, science is solid and and thorough and deep that mindful. Mindfulness practices are, you know, uh, have a great utility in terms of one's health, happiness, well-being, satisfaction, that mm-hmm. happy people produce better results. It's all, right, yeah, you know, yeah. so there's a utility to it, but there's that, so there's that tension or that paradox of, yes, there's a utility to it, but no, you can't use it for that. <laughs> you have to do it for itself. Uh-huh. And, uh, That's awesome. And so just engaging with that, you know, anytime there's a paradox, it's sort of uh, fun to play with. But there is that, you know, that the nature of that koan, the nature of that paradox to to deal with, like, what am I going to do with this? And um, Mm. I was having a conversation with one of my mentors, Jeff Wilmore, about, um, you know, how intention and intentionality fit into this conversation like how do you provide intentionality or be out to fulfill an intention without striving you know yeah. non-striving is one of the tenets of yeah, of yeah. mindfulness of tantra of all the eastern thought that we're engaging with here non-striving letting go you know uh but how do you then stand in being intentional to make yeah. that happen and the thing we were laughing about this is now we're getting to the joke um is i have uh, what i discovered for myself in that call with jeff was that i've been for the most part whitewashing the word in intentionality over forcing an outcome like i if i want to be nice about it Hmm. i'll say i'm being intentional but really i'm forcing the fucking outcome but i'm being intentional Uh, Yeah, yeah. you know, which is seems like such a nicer word for something Mm. than I'm for. I can't admit that I'm forcing the outcome. Mm. I have to just be no. I'm being intentional about this. And Mm. um, and wait, pause, uh, because I think that's. I think that would be. I I don't know that that's uncommon. I think most people would think of intention that way. Like intention is we're going to make sure this happens. Yes. Yeah, has a flavor of force to it. Like, well, it's not even a flavor. It is. I mean, (laughs) we're going to make sure this happens is a forceful statement. Uh, It's (laughs) and it's really different than and this is what I discovered. And the thing that is really worth playing with here is very different than creating a clearing for something Mm. right of, you know, I'm going to be intentional that that result shows up. I'm going to create a clearing for this. 
Yeah. I'm going other ways to say that would be um, I'm open and I'm going to remain open and I am uh, uh, looking forward to, I can hear Abraham say that, right? Yes. Yes. Um, allowing. I, I'm allowing, yeah. right? Those are spaces of something. And I have an intention that this arise in this space mm-hmm. and I'm in, but what I'm being intentional about is not making it happen. What I'm being intentional about is my mind. Yes. Letting go of it needs yes. to look this way. It needs to happen now. It needs to do this. Yes. It needs to, mm. you know, and it, it doesn't need to anything. Um, the intention is on me managing Energy. what I'm attached to. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Not yeah. the result, but yeah. my own attachment to the result. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I, there's something um, I, I've been, I feel like I've been practicing this lately um, ever since you brought up the seven tenets of mindfulness and I pick a, I pick a, a word for the mm-hmm. week from those seven and I, on my walk, I talk, I think talk through it with myself and um, the, there is a um, activeness to holding my intention. Yes. That is not a forcing, but it is a, it is a tuning my, my energy to the thing I'm intending. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about my vision and, and my goals and the things, but I'm not keyboard warrioring all the actions there are to do. I'm simply, ma- I, I'm rampaging and manifest. I'm talking through in my mind, my heart, the things that, um, that feels like to me. There's an activeness to the intention, but it's not a external forcing out there to make something happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's one way that I can organize those thoughts in a way that they settle for me and yeah. rather than just be upsetting um, <laughs> is, you know, being intentional is watching myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you could mindfulness on one hand is, you know, it's a, a question that one of the people I learning mindfulness from or I follow mindful in mindful conversations or meditate with is, you know, setting intentions for the practice for your set. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do a morning practice on Facebook and LinkedIn, you know, the, that morning live I do every day mm-hmm. is the intention is to have gratitude be present. That's the intention is to allow gratitude to arise is to have gratitude, but it's not okay. Now motherfuckers, we're going to feel grateful. (laughs) You know, you just can't get there from here. You can't Uh get down that road. And, and I have spent a lot of time, you know, being a high D and all those kinds of personality traits that come with that and being, you know, driven in that way and uh, very results oriented person and, to a large extent, have a lot of pride mm. attached to my results. Yeah. Um, mm. Make it super slippery for me to go down the road of, you know, and then having this, you know, like even we, <laughs> we joke about this sometimes in my, in my friend group uh, about how I meditate better than you. You know, like I'm the master of this. You are, I, you, I have won many awards and being better meditator that you know, like the awesome. joke that that is to be that way. But that's, that's, you got to get it down to that level of, of absurdity. If you really do think intentional means making something happen, mm. you know, you're, you really, I think that's, 
the problem is about being intentional about something. It certainly could be interpreted that way. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with interpreting that way. It's just not. You you might as well just call it forcing an outcome. Right. Yeah. You might as well just say, I'm going to force this thing to happen rather than I'm being, I think intentional has a, in my view, in my experience and the way I use the sure. word has a yeah. whitewashing as a icing on mud kind of thing. Like it's an inauthentic way of saying, I'm going to force this out. You know, why wouldn't you say I'm going to force this outcome? Well, because it makes you sound like an idiot. It makes you sound like you're forceful and no one wants to sound like they're forceful. So I'm going to say I'm intentional. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But it's bullshit because you're just forcing the outcome, saying you're being intentional. That's not the way it works. You could, you know, you might as well say I'm forcing the outcome. You know, being intentional really is I am holding an intent. I'm saying it really is. It's not really anyway. Okay. It's Come back to this. Remind me about the Dunning-Kruger effect in a second, okay? Because I have a new vibe on the Dunning-Kruger effect, too. Um, But for this conversation, being intentional is holding the space for something to arise. Mm. I'm intentionally creating the space for something to arise. Mm. Mm. You know, and... And then I can begin to notice what's in the space that's inconsistent with that thing arising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes me and think I'm, of um, if you planted something. Yeah. You you plant a, a tree or a, a vegetable or something and you you aren't in control of it growing. It's going to it's going to grow, but you can be intentional about watering it. Yeah. Um, making sure it has the right light and temperature, like you can manage the conditions. That's right. Of which the thing is, of which the thing you intend is going to grow in. But I think it's not unlike that. I think, you know, who I are, think it's a great metaphor. Who are you to think as a human being, you can control anything or force right. anything that there is, there is, uh, uh, this is the whole, I mean, this is very Eastern versus Western thinking, but uh, you know, there is a, a, a flow to things. And the minute you, launch a rocket of desire things are set in motion energetically that you really don't need to do anything for the intention around it can just be like i guess to the metaphor just be managing the environment and the conditions for the thing you've already enacted to come to fruition yeah it's great yeah i love it that's exactly right i mean you know and then it allows for that element of magic and miracles and God or whatever you want to call any of that space shows up because really, you know, a seed in the ground with water and warmth grows. Uh, There's an element, there's magic in that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there just is, you know, it's just Einstein's Mm. conversation for either. There's two ways to see life where nothing's a miracle or everything's a miracle. Mm, Yeah. And it's just, I would, I prefer the everything's a miracle view because that's fucking miraculous. Yeah. You were one cell that was divided by a sperm. And then all of a sudden you divided and divided and divided and divided and divided and divided inside your mom. You divided and divided and every cell somehow knew to form fingernails, hair, eyes, everything. Consciousness arose. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, you know, 
look, science is real. And that's a fucking miracle. Yeah. I, I got no problem with science being real. And that's a miracle. Yeah. I don't see how those are contradictory statements. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. At all. So I, I think, I think the, the seed thing is a great, perfect metaphor for what we mean when we say being intentional. Yeah. And on right. this side of it, uh, this side of practicing that way, uh, practicing that kind of holding space and yeah. conditions, my experience of that has been, um, and it's taken some time to practice it, right? But I, as I've gotten better at it, it's like the journey, way more enjoyable. When I always felt like I had to force something or, oh, shit, if I don't do something, like, you know, the wheels are going to fall off. Very stressful way to do it. Yeah. On this side of it, it's way more fun. Yeah, and and way more productive too. I mean, I just look at it from the, the context of training my team, any sales team, any salespeople. You know, mm-hmm. one of the five people that listens are in sales. You know, the um, although my wife listened this week, so six, awesome, we're up to six. Yeah, Kale yeah. listened, and um, uh, you know, you you're prospects are all seeds that you've planted you can't force them to buy you don't force people to buy yeah you just plant and nurture enough seeds and if business is off then you just plant and nurture more seeds it's not really anything more to it than that and you make sure they have the right you nurture them you make sure they have the right water you take care of them you you know i'm out pie delivering today to nurture my you know prospects and that's the way that works so i just think there's magic in that context of but it took me the last few weeks of dealing with it because i really did have intentional as i didn't i wasn't i didn't have an authentic relationship to how i was using the word intentional until just really you know just this conversation like oh yeah i'm full of shit (laughs) i say intentional but i mean forcing the outcome it's very mindful of you that's yeah. very mindful of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> tell me it was bugging me. It was like bugging me. Like, well, how does intentionality fit into this? You know, I was, and I was thinking about how it came up was in terms of our sales team. Like, hmm. you know, I know if I get on the phones and I start calling, I have an intention, like I'm going to have three conversations, set one appointment, whatever, right. Hmm. Whatever I'm going to do. And I set that intention and I, that happens more than not, but it doesn't happen because, I forced it to happen. Mm-hmm. It happens because I, and to whatever extent this was accidental until I just distinguished this, but it's now that it's distinguished, it can be more intentional. Yeah. You know, I've gotten good at creating a space in which something arises, but I hadn't mm. distinguished that that's what I'm doing mm, and okay. attributed it to this e- ephemeral thing called being intentional versus, mm. you know, being intentional is mm. taking yeah. care of the environment in this way so that those people on the other end of the phone, <laughs> feel nurtured, respected, known, taken care of. And I'm going to, and, and I'm solid in the value I'm providing. I'm not here hassling people. I'm really actually out to provide value for them. And I'm going to keep doing that in that empowering context. And I know that if I do that long enough, hmm. three people, three appointments or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I love that. There's some nuance in that for me. If I thought what jumped in my head, as you said, that was the, uh, if, if I were, uh, planting a seed. I'm not much of a gardener, so uh, but I've seen people who are going to start their vegetables, and they in the winter they can put little seeds in little small containers, mm-hmm. like those little six in a plastic thing. I know and I, have I a, do garden, so I know what those. are. Okay, yeah, and so they ha- they may have a light or something, and they might spritz it with a sprayer instead of a 
huge water hose. Uh-huh. Like there's some, depending on the, the situation you're coming into, you can be mindful about or intentional about what does this phase of the thing I'm doing need? Does it need yeah. a hose or does it need a, a sprayer? Does it need a little thing or a huge pot? How much soil, you know, like you can really start to be intentional about the environment you're hosting. Yep. Holding yeah. for the thing to happen without being like, grow seed, grow, you know? Exactly. So yeah. tell me about the um, Dunning-Kruger effect. What were you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so you do you know what the Dunning-Kruger effect is? I don't. Oh, okay. So it's a cognitive bias. You're smarter than me. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's certainly <laughs> arguable. So happens surprise. Oh, God. Okay. Wow. Okay. Know what the Dunning Kruger effect is barely, but okay. So there's two there's two aspects of Dunning Kruger effect. Okay. It's one is, and I think this is the more commonly known and used one. And tell me if you've heard this. Heard okay. it, tell me if you heard this one. Okay. Is um that incompetent people almost always greatly overestimate their own competence in situations in which they're incompetent. I haven't heard it, but I get it. (laughs) Okay. Because they don't, because they're incompetent, they don't know enough about the thing to know they're incompetent. Sure. I can see that in my own life. Yeah. Okay, great. And they greatly overestimate their abilities in in the areas where they're incompetent. It's (laughs) rampant. Okay. It's hard. You can't swing a dead cat without finding someone who's overestimating their abilities in an area in which they're clearly incompetent. And the reason they're overestimating it is because they're incompetent Mm -hmm. and they can't, they don't know enough to know that they're overestimating their abilities. Okay. That's half of it. The other half of it is that competent people regularly underestimate their abilities in areas in which they're competent Hmm. Hmm. because they know that they don't know the whole thing. Wow. And they think other people already think this way. So they don't think what they have to contribute is anything particularly special. So they undervalue what they have to contribute because for them, a, they know they don't know enough. Yeah. Right. They know they are, lacking information they know enough about it they're competent in it and they know there's people that are probably better than them at this so they hedge their bets they don't contribute as much because they first of all they think they don't have as much to contribute because everyone already knows this which is not the case and the people that really are experts in this know more than me so i'm not going to contribute yeah wow that's great yeah i resonate with that a lot i I resonate with that a lot yeah so and i and so um the conversation isn't as valuable now because you hadn't heard of it before. So fine for ruining everything, Chris. Um, great. I'm, I'm loving it. Okay, good. But the, but for me, so I, the thing I discovered about this recently for myself was I, I've been familiar with this for a while, right? I love cognitive biases. I've been engaging in this for years and I, mm. I just think they're just fascinating. And, mm. you know, mm. really when it comes down to it, everything about the forum and everything that we, use have used in our training chris to mm. as self-awareness and and mm. growth and development and transformation is just breaking free of some cognitive biases right mm. that's yeah yeah going beyond the heuristics going beyond what the you know thinking fast thinking slow yeah yeah, I, yeah. oh my doggy just came in a puppy <laughs> <laughs> 
a guest, our guest today on the our guest dog. Yes. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's just going beyond the heuristic, and that's just a heuristic. That's just the way your human brain operates, right? If I don't know enough about this, I, I'm going to tend to overestimate my competency. Sure. Um, and I've known about that, and I, I, it's sort of a common social media meme, and it's a sort of a, 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 a pop culture at this point, right? Which is why I was actually surprised you haven't heard of it, because it is sort of pop culture at this point, because it's so fucking rampant that there's so many idiots out there running shit that really they have no business running. Right. Um, so it's like that. And, uh, um, and the truth is this, the second half of it, I hadn't really dealt with when I, I hadn't read this interpretation or this, this explanation of it before where it was that people are trapped in the Dunning-Kruger effect when they think other people think this way and that, uh, so they don't contribute. I was like, oh, wow, that's, hmm. yeah, that's where imposter syndrome comes from. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't seen it as that. I, I had it diagnosed as imposter syndrome, which is one thing, but to see it as an actual cognitive bias that human beings are, you know, the thing about these biases are it's their ways in which we are predictably irrational. Like you could predict hmm. this behavior. Because it's part of what you know the way the brain functions. Um, It's not just some personal trauma. Yeah, it's not you just personally have a problem with it. It's a it's a mental shortcut the brain takes as much as you know availability bias or confirmation bias or any of the other irrational cognitive biases take us over. It's going to take you over that you are going to um, have the experience of not wanting to contribute or not thinking you have a contribution to make hmm. because of because of what Dunning and Kruger discovered about the human brain that you either you think you don't know enough. And I it came up in this conversation because I, I kept hedging hmm. on um, when I was saying intentionality is really this. Yeah. Right. It's really this way. And then I had to backtrack and say, I don't really mean it's not really this way. I'm saying it's just my view of it. Right. Is. You know, I can't I like I for myself, I have the experience of I can't be too confident, like I'm not allowed to be too confident. Hmm. Like I can't say it really is this way. Hmm. I have to make sure, you know, that I know it's not really it's not really that way. That's just the way I think. And that way, if there really is an expert listening or someone who knows a lot more about it, I won't get corrected. And that's all a piece of it, you know, that I, and then the whole world of, you know, what I'm building with my training program for my team and the difference I'm out to contribute with that. And the difference that makes that's all inside this world of, yeah. First of all, I don't, you know, I don't say I don't contribute what I have enough because I think everyone already knows it. Yeah. And I'm not the expert in it. There are people that are more expert than I, and I need to defer to them. I need to, or I need to pre-defer to them, right? Like I have to be pre-deferential. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
That's a good word. I like that. Pre-deferential. Yeah. Good, man. Well, it's so good because I think like when I think about my, my premise of things, like when leaders lead, the world will change. And what keeps leaders from leading is this, this thing of, I don't know enough. Uh, At least the people that I seem to um, end up attracting are, you know, people like us who are um, pre, pre deferential. They're, they're, they're all, they're constantly thinking, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, who but that's, I, somebody knows that's, more than me. That's right. That's the point. It's not the people you run into. It's people. Ah, sure. Sure. Okay. But, but that's the, but that's a really different thing because it's not just, Oh, because otherwise it becomes a personally, you know, one of the things that happens in the forum that's so profound for people is that you finally get, this isn't me. This is human. Yeah. It's not me having an internal dialogue. It's not me having already always, it's not me doing that. It's why you could see, I could see how I was with my mom when someone else was sharing about their brother. I'm like, oh shit, that's the way human beings are designed. That's the beauty of the design of the forum, why the forum works so unbelievably well and quickly, because it shows you the design of human being, you experience it as a design. So it's not that the leaders you run into are pre-deferential. It's that human beings, if they have a commitment to make, are going to be hesitant to make that difference because they know enough to know someone else knows more. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Well, I think, and that's, maybe that's the point is like, there is a, when you can take that lid off, I think one of the things that neutralizes this Dunning-Kruger effect, if I'm using this right, is mm-hmm. um, what neutralizes that for me. Neutralizing the thing where I think mm-hmm. I don't know enough, so I have to learn more or I have to do something else to prove myself and build a resume. Where neutralizes that for me lately has been mindfulness. That yeah. I will be in a state of allowing that I'll, yeah. that I'll remind myself and be in a state of non-striving. Like when mm-hmm. I get into these, these energy spaces, that chatter falls off. It falls away and it's not a part of how I'm conducting myself. Oh, that's really interesting, Chris. That's really interesting that we're going to go full circle now back to the utility of mindfulness. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. As an access, because that really is, you know, and access for people to get out of the well-worn neuronal patterns mm. of the heuristics that run human beings, the thinking fast pattern, right? That's the yeah. thinking fast, you know, what Kahneman calls thinking fast. The slow thinking is accessible to all of us at any time. Mm. We just need to quiet the amygdala down to be able to access that part of the brain and mindfulness practices without a doubt, give us access to that allows us to be, to act, not react. Yeah. The reaction is where the heuristics come in and why we've been, you know, mm-hmm. our, we've developed yeah. the neuronal pathways to have us survive. Yep. They're just not particularly useful in having us thrive. Yeah. And mindfulness is for sure an access to to going, allowing the the other noise to be the other noise. They make not 
in just let it do its thing and then you actually have an access to mm. oh yeah i i could do anything in this situation mm. yeah <laughs> cool redemption yes utility mindfulness works it's the real deal <laughs> now quick go produce <laughs> now, something we can scale we can scale with mindfulness <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yes, I sense scalability. A, man, it's almost December and and uh at the time it's recording, and I am fired up to set my goals for 10xing <laughs> everything through mindfulness in 2024. <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah. Intentional as fuck. I am gonna yes. meditate so much better than yeah. you. We should have a contest. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so yeah. much more mindful than you, suckers. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's good, man. This feels probably like a good place to put a pin in it yeah although you can although i i am now we next week when we do this i will have um a link to my mindful af shirts for anyone who's oh. interested in in actually showing people exactly who's boss in your area Great. you are mindful af that is how we're doing this I i'm going to have grateful af mindful af and mind af <laughs> Love it. Collectors, like Collectors. you should have a new, a new version every year. Kind of like a Starbucks cup. Everybody yeah. wants to collect the latest, uh, the mindful latest AF <laughs> mindful CEO shirt. So good. Well, um, those of you listening, um, I, what's cool about community, right. Is being in a, um, in a space where you can be intentional, uh, with others who are in a similar space. And uh, I love that that's what we're curating Aaron is that there is a space where you can uh, develop and feel the muscle memory of what it is to um, be in conversations with others who are interested in what it means to be intentional and mindful inside Mm -hmm. of their business. And sometimes that's hard to do alone. If you, if you want to learn more about what Aaron and I are creating there, you can go to the mindfulceo.com, click on the appropriate links and uh, we'll follow up from there. Fabulous. Yay. Awesome sauce. Happy Thank Thanksgiving, you, everybody, whenever yeah. you're listening. Okay. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>